Publisher Podcast, episode 24. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Publisher Podcast. I'm Alexa Bigwarf, your host, and I am actually really excited about today's topic. So at first, you might not think, how on earth does talking about productivity and metrics and return on investment and all of those things really um, matter to me as an author who's just focused on writing my book? Well, We're going to talk to you today about why these things are crucially important, why you should be considering these things from the very beginning, and how you can judge the success of your book marketing efforts by looking at some key metrics and inside your business. So, you know, as you'll hear me say over and over, the moment you decide to self-publish a book, or even if you're traditionally publishing, there's still a lot of business elements that you will be doing. You will still be doing most of of your marketing, you will still be doing most of your um, outreach and, 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 you know, potentially hiring a team to help you do things to grow your author business. So this is for everyone across the board, but you are a small business owner now. You've got to be thinking things about things like your budget, about um, which uh, places and tools you're going to use, who you're going to hire to help you in this, um, where you're going to spend your money, and where and how are you going to know if you're doing doing a good job where you're spending your money. So that's what Lane Booth and I are jumping into today, talking about all of these things. Um, You know, she said to me before we started the interview, it's just so important. If you're trying to be a successful author, and trying to be successful as a small business owner, you have to know your numbers. Businesses run on numbers. So it's important to think about these things so that you're not just throwing money like you're throwing spaghetti at a wall, just hoping something's going to stick. And we do see a lot of authors putting just putting money out there, just boosting posts on Facebook, so, on Facebook or starting an ad campaign someplace and not really knowing and understanding if they are if those things are successful for them or not so this is going to be a great interview where we're going to dig deep into how you can think about metrics and what you should be tracking um, as it relates to the money that you spend in writing publishing and selling your book and i just know you're going to adore lane as much as i do she's so smart and really made me think about a lot of things as it relates to my business and getting smarter at my business so enjoy the show Welcome to the Publish Her Podcast, a place where you can come to get inspiration, motivation, help, encouragement, and support in your journey to write, publish, and sell your book. Hosted by Alexa Bigwarf. Cause I've been where you've been, and I felt what you're feeling, and I don't want to get in your Welcome back to another episode of the Publisher Podcast. I'm Alexa Bigorf, your host, and today I am excited to bring you Lane Booth. So we're going to be talking about something a little bit beyond the normal scope of writing, publishing, and selling, um, because to me, it's very, very important that all authors take their business seriously as an author. Some of you may already be building your business. You may be coaches. You may be um, running a business that your book is part of a process to continue to build that business and add a revenue stream. But some of you may be focusing on a business as an author and just in selling your books and selling as many of them as you can and being as successful as you can. So I like to bring in people to talk about business tools and ways that you can grow your business and be better at doing it because at the end of the day, we want to make sure that we are the most productive that we can be, that we are having the best return on investments, and that we're actually 
making money instead of just putting money into our, our process as an author. So today I am, um, as I mentioned, interviewing Lane Booth. She is the CEO and dashboard expert of the Project Booth, a business growth agency that uses proven metrics and data to bring businesses, business owners to the next level in their business. The strategic planning and visual dashboards we provide allow driven business owners to reclaim their time fo to focus on their business, make data-driven decisions, and increase their income. With her passion and over a decade of in-the-trenches experience as a guiding light, Lane ensures successful client-focused business owners simplify their strategies and, and increase their profits so that they can get back to running a business they love or writing more books in our case. Thank you, Lane, for being here with us today. I'm so excited to speak with you today, Alexa. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, so this is a great topic for us to bring up because um, what I hear amongst many, many authors is that they just want to write. They don't want to mess around with all these other things. But the truth of the matter is that as an independent author, as someone who is self-publishing or even um, publishing with a small publisher who may not be doing as much for you as the big traditional publishers would, would be doing, it's up to the author themselves to make sure that their business is running productively and successfully. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, of things that we in, do invest in as authors in terms of marketing and in terms of, you know, who, if we're running ads someplace, if we are paying for people to promote the book, if we are buying books to, um, to, to give away to influencers, if we are, um, you know, paying to go to events so that we can network. So there's, there's a lot of, of, of ways that we are investing in, in perhaps doing a, a website or a blog or hiring a team to help us. So there's tons of opportunities for us to explore our actual return on investment. So uh, to the audience members who are thinking this is absolutely not applicable to me, I would encourage you to, to listen because it is 100% applicable to you if you are spending any money at all to move your business forward. I firmly believe it's important to be able to look at your numbers, to look at your data and to be able to see, are you making money back with mm. those decisions? Absolutely. I, I feel like you, um, you articulate it really well there, Alexa, and just to, to stack on that. I mean, at the end of the day, if you want to be an author, then you want people to read your books, right? And so to have systems and checks and balances in place is another way to look at it to say mm -hmm. like, Hey, am I moving the right direction? And how do I know that beyond just a feeling? Yeah. Um, so what are the quantitative you know, numbers that I can look at to see if my business is moving the right direction without it just simply being number of books sold. Like what are some of the other things yes. uh, that we can look at? We, in the, in our world, we like to call these key performance indicators, but essentially that is a, a number that's telling you you're moving the right direction. It's like the little breadcrumbs telling you where you're headed in your business. I think that's a super important point because one of the things that we talk to with our authors about is that marketing and selling a book is a long game. There are sometimes we'll make investment in investments in things and we may not necessarily see an increase in book sales immediately. It may be months before those sales start coming back in. But as you just mentioned, there are lots of other ways that you can, you can watch and see um, if you are indeed making some kind of progress. Um, for us, it's email list growth. A lot of times it's um, how many people are out there posting about the book and sharing the book. It's about reviews on Amazon and those types of things. They don't necessarily have a dollar return on investment. We can't say for every one review on Amazon, it sells five books or anything like that. 
but you know, there are other ways to, 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 to see those things happen over time and the growth of the audience and all of that, but I'm going to pass it over to you um, and just kind of ask you some questions on this. Like what, what, well, let's just start at the beginning. Where would you, for a brand new person who's trying to decide what they need to be looking at, where would you have them start? Yeah, such an important question. And honestly, like this is probably one of the more challenging pieces I see authors, um, you know, really facing. And if you're, or if you're using a book as an asset, as a stream of revenue mm-hmm. in your business, it, unfortunately it gets overlooked time and time again. And that's really coming back to making sure you are looking at the cost mm-hmm. involved with your book. Um, unfortunately, many of the conversations I've had with authors is I spent so much money on just you know, getting the book made (laughs) at the manufacturer, at the printer. And now here I am sitting on a thousand copies and, you know, or now I'm down to 997 and (laughs) (laughs) I've put so much money in on the front end and I'm not sure how to get them actually selling. I'm not sure how to actually move them through. Or maybe I have some ideas, but I don't have confidence that I'm actually going to be able to, to move these uh, as well. So one of the most important things is to make sure that you are, um, your that initial purchase. And I know sometimes you can have the print on demand books, um, which is a really, um, a nice cost saving model mm-hmm. if you're able to do that. But if you are having to print them ahead of time, making sure that you're buying smaller quantities or you're buying quantities in, um, a way that you feel confident that you can actually sell them so that you're not ending up with a bunch of dusty books in a warehouse shelf. Yeah. And this is a great, a great point in time to look at metrics because books, just like anything else are, it's a numbers game. If you only have 10 people on your email list and maybe a hundred people following you on Instagram, probably a thousand books is too many for you to order (laughs) on that first run. Um, For me, uh, you know, studying kind of numbers, um, we we like to study this a lot, actually looking at our launches, how many people, the engagement in certain places and how many people, and we've, we we feel pretty confident that we can say between 10 and 15% of the engaged audience will actually buy the book. So, you know, if you're, for, for us, an important metric is looking at email open rates and click rates. Um, mm-hmm. Because we can see approximately, you know, 20 to 25% of those people are opening, reading and clicking. And so I assume that about 10 to 15% of those people will actually buy. And it's not, it's not a, it's not a magic number. It's not a, it's not a number I would write down in stone anywhere, but just from watching this a couple, a couple, a couple hundred times, <laughs> we've, we've kind of come up with that as, as a generic baseline, which can be scary when you are only, when you only have an email list of a hundred people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, so yeah. why do metrics matter? So I just talked a little bit about that, but I would like to hear from you, the expert, why do those metrics really matter? Metrics matter because it is the cornerstone of running any type of business. I mean, if you th- you know, think about whether you want to keep your business or if you want to be able to sell it at some point in time, being able to make intelligent business decisions comes to looking at the numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, I understand, like, I know some of you guys are like raising your hand right now, but Lane, I'm a creative, like, that's <laughs> not my thing. I just want to write. Um, and I totally get that. And, um, you know, 
we all are going to have certain pieces of ourselves that we need to call forward at different times of our business uh, in different, you know, scaling adventures. Um, but I a hundred percent promise you like looking at the numbers in your business is going to help you make smarter decisions. It's going to help you not overspend on inventory or printing. It's going to help you make smarter marketing decisions like, Oh, I've been spending all this time having a Pinterest person, you know, pin a hundred different things only cost me $750 a month, but it's not (laughs) generating any sales. And, and you're like, you know, we, we start to rationalize like, oh, well, they're going to be this, you know, strategy is going to be the thing that actually produces the sales. But if you're not looking at the direct correlation, then you end up doing probably, you know, 10 different marketing strategies yeah. and you sold some books, but you're over here wondering, well, I wonder which of the 10 really worked the best because if yeah. I'm launching another title, do I want to repeat that? Or do I want to just pick the two things that actually worked last time and maybe double down on those? Uh, So those are the types of decisions that are made really clear when you're looking at the numbers, when you can see, did Pinterest do this or did Instagram do this? Or did, did my email list, you know, like you mentioned, Alexa, did my email list drive, you know, 90% of the sales? Those are the types of decisions you get to make and feel confident about it. I mean, I feel like so many times business owners are kind of second guessing what decision do I go this route or this route? And it just really makes the path so much clearer when you have those numbers in front of you. And you know what? Sometimes you have to um, explore some options and see if it worked. And if it didn't work, don't do it again. If it does work, do it again. And a great example of that is that in the book marketing world, there are lots of um, promo sites that will send out an email about your book or do this or that. And they package it up and it sounds fantastic. And for just $500, we'll put your, we'll put your book here and there and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And sometimes you can get, you, you may decide, I want to try this. I want to give it a try and see if it's a good return on investment. And I just as a tip for the audience here, sometimes we will try those packages. But if you're going to do that in terms of the metrics, like we make sure we know exactly what day they're supposed to mail them out, when they're mailing out, when they're doing whatever. And then we watch book sales um, for the next Mm -hmm. three days and see if it actually, and I'll tell you what, just uh, we actually did one of these packages for one of our new authors. We spent, we spent $500. They were supposed to send it out to this list and this list and put it on their social media and do all of these things. We did not see one book sale, one book sale. I don't know what happened because no book is bad enough that if you spend that much money, that not one single person is going to buy your book. So I don't know if they just didn't position the book properly. Like maybe it was, they put it in a genre that nobody was interested in that particular book or what. So for us, that's the, we will, we will, we will spend some money sometimes to test some things and then watch carefully and make sure we never do it again. If, if it results in zero book sales. (laughs) Yeah, we were uh, such a great example. And we were working with one of our authors um, and she, she was testing a lot of things too. So, Hey, do I want to do a giveaway? Do I want to host a a free workshop? Do I want to, um, you know, do some other sort of creative, um, you know, offer that is in tandem with book sales. Mm -hmm. And so at first she was doing a lot of these things. Um, but at the end of the day, we, we had no way of tracking because, you know, she was working with a warehouse or, you know, she was working, you know, collaboration with Amazon. So you were getting some book sales each day on Amazon. So how do we know that the giveaway actually produced results to Amazon? There's not a direct correlation. 
Um, so one of the things we looked to, to start tracking numbers, cause sometimes they're hard to find, right? Like sometimes there's yeah. not just a clear path. So one of the things we did, um, was really focus on, all right, well, whatever we're doing, let's also make sure that it's building our list. Yes. So yes, we're going to do a giveaway, but let's make sure that they're signing up and they're tagged, you know, from that particular giveaway. Or if we're going to do a workshop, let's make sure that they're, it's not just a free you know, blast zoom workshop, but they have to actually register. And then they're going to get some warm up emails and then we're going to nurture them on the back end. Um, so that way we can measure like the email list mm -hmm. is a leading indicator of future book sales. And not only will some buy right now, but some are going to buy later right. because you're going to continue to nurture them throughout the years. Yeah, we can't we can't preach enough on how important it is that to to do marketing efforts that actually grow your email list. <laughs> mm -hmm. Of course, you have to use the email list, ladies and gentlemen. You have to actually use the email list if it's going to be to your benefit. So when it comes to looking at profits. Let's talk about profits here. What are your top metrics for actually determining if something is a good return on investment, if something is a good profitable thing to do for your business? Mm, oh, such a good question. So profit, let's be really clear on what profit is. And when we go dive down into this question, so profit, you know, is income versus outgo, right? So how much revenue are you bringing in versus how many, you know, costs were going out the back door and the profit is what's left over. And so when, where I see most people struggling is in the marketing ROI or the marketing, you know, yielding profit. So let's, let's talk, talk about that. So when we're looking for profitability, we are specifically looking at breaking it down to a simple way, which is the profit per book sale. I feel like that's an easy way for most people to kind of wrap their head around it. So let's say you're interested in running ads for your book. So what's the cost per book? And so then how much money am I going to have left over? So let's say you've got a $10 book. It costs you, we'll make it easy, $5 uh, to produce it. So you've got a $5 gap left. You've got $5 margin right now. Now, you know, all right, if I'm running ads, I need my ads to produce results for less than five bucks. Otherwise I'm making zero profit right now. And so people ask me, well, how much do I spend on ads? And that can come down to, well, making sure that you're actually going to get a return when you're doing these things. So less than $5. So if it costs you $2.50 to run ads and get a book sale, then we're profitable at that point in time, right? We're making $2.50. Um, where that tends to be even better is with your economies of scale. So like the, you know, that's not necessarily something you'd be really excited about if you have, you know, hundred books to sell. Hey, I made $250. All right. That's okay. Um, but when you start selling a thousand books and so on, then you right. get to have more, uh, you, you are okay with lower margins because you've got volume at that point in time. Um, so I want to just kind of share, like, there's no hard and fast rule for, you know, specific ad costs, uh, like that, but it is, does come down to looking at your volume and your costs specifically. So, um, I'm big on using lots of different marketing levers or, you know, the levers that are actually going to work for your business. So mm -hmm. I usually, you know, we see ads as being a, one of those levers that our clients are using, um, in order to leverage that. So, um, then if you are using that, then what's your cost cost per acquisition is like one of the best metrics to ever track in your business. If you understand the cost per sale, 
Um, what is the cost of the marketing that you're doing to leverage a book sale? That's going to help you so many different ways. Cause you can yeah. use that if you're running ads, you can use that if you're growing your email list. So maybe you're not running ads to buy your book. You're running ads to grow your email list and it only costs you $1 um, to, to get those leads in. Or maybe you're doing a giveaway and it's going to cost you not necessarily like a cost per lead, but you're going to have costs associated with, um, you know, getting your graphic designer to, you know, create the fun little giveaways and getting your tech person to set everything up on the back end. So, all right, it cost me $500 to create this giveaway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then how many book sales am I getting on the back end? Then you are able to, again, generate, all right, how, what was my cost per lead in the situation? So that is one of the most powerful metrics that you can look at in your business. Yeah, um, it's it's tough with it's tough with first timers and people who don't have um, are, are, don't have already some source of revenue coming in to support this because some of these, as I mentioned in the beginning, sometimes for for new authors especially, um, it can take a while before these efforts actually start producing money. Like in the beginning, it may just pre be producing people who are additionally following you on Instagram or have signed up on your list or any of those things. And I know one of the questions that I get from authors a lot of time, because we do have a, a done for you service, which is not inexpensive because there's a lot of energy and effort that goes into the production and launch of a book. Um, but sometimes the question will be, well, when will I make back my investment? And for me, that's an impossible question to answer for two reasons. Like I can never, I can get, I can get a general idea based on where you are in the marketplace and, and what type of book you're writing, if the book is going to sell, but there's so much more to it than that. Like there's a million more pieces to that um, piece. But, you know, when somebody initially has a large investment to make at the beginning, let's say, even if it's just buying book books for the launch or, um, or, 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 or putting a lot more into marketing for the initial launch or anything like that. Like how, how can you say to your, like what, hmm, what question am I trying to get to? <laughs> the question <laughs> I'm trying to get to is like, how do you, how do you really put a number, you know, a you can't, you can't like look at the number and the, on launch day be like, okay, I invested $10,000 and I sold a hundred books. I failed. Cause that's not really the way it goes with something that's a long-term investment. So I guess I'm asking for like, how do you put yourself in the mindset of realizing that sometimes metrics are a long-term thing and you have to look over a period of time before you decide, oh, this was a waste of money. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah, that's a good one. So I kind of have two, two thoughts for you on this. So one is to be really clear on what you do want. I feel mm -hmm. like a lot of people skip this step. So yeah. It's just like, I bought, I bought the, I bought the books. Let's sell the books, you know, in the first 30 days and, you know, celebrate on day 31. Um, and really if you can put together even just a simple 12 month expectation or 12 month forecast, 12 month Ooh. projection plan, then it lets you kind of break things down into bite-sized pieces. And it right. lets you see, okay, well, we did the initial launch. These are the stats that I got. This is how many people signed up to be alerted. This is how many people were following me on Instagram at that time. Mm -hmm. um, these are how many books we sold. You know, if maybe those are your, your first three metrics that you're looking at, you know, at the initial launch. And then you're like, okay, uh, I, I love, um, I, I totally stole this line from someone else, but, you know, 
failure, so to speak, or success or failure is just a data point. Right. Uh, and so what that does for you is it allows you to look at, all right, well, how did the initial launch go? All right, let's repeat. Let's do many launches happening, you know, coming down the road over the next several months and let's learn what we can learn from the first one and apply it again for the second one. Mm. So it's your opportunity to rinse and repeat Mm -hmm. and figure out what's going to work next time. Um, What's maybe one or two things we want to tweak and do a little bit differently, um, you know, this time around. Do I have an opportunity to change my signup page? Do I have an opportunity to maybe collaborate uh, with some other authors, um, you know, for, for the next time around? Um, what are those few things you can do? So I feel like having that projection plan, like a 12 month, like initial plan can just be like, take the weight off, right? Like the pressure that, you know, we've got to have this massive, um, you know, results in the, in, in your first go round or in your second go round. And it doesn't have to be that way. That's really fantastic, Lane, actually, because, you know, when we're teaching authors um, marketing their books, we look at, we say the same thing. I say the same thing exactly. I say, don't be overwhelmed with all the things, plan out, you know, a year, figure out your goals and break it down into small chunks. And I love this idea of not just talking about the things that I'm going to consistently do every day to market myself, but also adding in that piece of, and I'm also going to look at the metrics and I'm also going to see what this result was from this activity and what the result was from this activity and making sure that that's part of, of your marketing strategy as well is adding in, looking at those metrics. Okay. How did this increase my email list? How did this increase my following? How did this, you know, what were book sales the day before I ran this promo? What were book sales a week after, you know, those types of things. I think that is an incredible incredibly important piece of the marketing strategy that, um, that so many people just completely ignore. And then at the end of the year, they're, they're like, it, it does two things for you. It shows you if you, if you have like, if time is your most important resource that you have little of, it can show you time-wise what you're, you know, where you could, should spend more time or less time, which kind of leads me into my next major topic area that I want to get into, which is productivity. And Mm. especially for super busy people, I mean, you work a lot with entrepreneurs and business owners, busy, busy, busy people. A lot of our authors are either that category or they are still working a full-time job while they're trying to pursue their dream of becoming an author. So time, I feel like, is our most important resource for most of us. Um, So let's talk about productivity and and how you fit this into your business and how to fit it into your metrics and all that stuff. Yes. Oh my goodness. And first of all, I would love to say like, I I feel you for those of you that might be out there, you know, still working full time or, you know, have other things going in your life, even if it's just family or managing, you know, all the kids stuff with this mm-hmm. um, different challenges that we have going on right now. I actually started my business while I was full time in corporate working nights and weekends. So I feel you. Um, and to that, what, what happened for me was I had to get super productive. I didn't have a lot of time, fluff time to, oh, what am I going to fill my day with right now? I had a very full jam-packed schedule. Um, So I found that productivity really came down to two things. Number one, knowing where to focus Mm -hmm. because we could be doing a lot of different things. So number one, knowing where to focus and how is that actually going to grow my business? And then two, being really efficient once I knew what those things were how to be very efficient and go about getting them done. So with that, um, you know, productivity, 
and the the numbers really do tie together because again going back to like the three four or five different marketing strategies you might be using which one works yeah and if that one works how do i get more efficient there how do i get yeah. more bang for my buck there how do i do so let's say you know it's instagram is where it's at for you then how do we get efficient there versus spreading ourselves over pinterest and you know blogging and you know five six different things yeah. um and so being able to look at the numbers really does tie in and lend itself very well to being extra productive in your business and when you know where to focus um, then it makes it a lot easier to feel comfortable that you're diving in on the right things. Yeah. It's, it's really hard. There's so many, I mean, there's so many different things that, that we can be doing and same with business owners for launching. Like there's a million different options that you could roads you could take for doing this or doing that, showing up here, showing up there. And I know it gets super overwhelming. And I mean, to me, it's, it, it, it is a matter of trying to figure out like, where is my biggest return still? Even, even if I'm, if I'm taking all my time to write blog posts, but I'm not looking at my, at my website stats to see if anyone's actually coming over. If I'm seeing them actually only getting 12 hits per day on my blog, <laughs> Should I be, should I be spending my time writing all these blog posts, or maybe I could be more productive by, you know, going live on my Instagram for 30 seconds and (laughs) getting more engagement there. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's exactly what we see happening. People get into this mind trap that, oh, well, other people are doing this. So I need to replicate that for myself. And you know, other people are other people and you're, you, you're unique, you're different. You've got a different message to share. So what works for everyone else isn't necessarily always going to be what works best for you too. And I think the numbers really clarify, um, what is working for you very quickly. So you have something coming up to help people with, are you going to be talking about metrics and productivity or just productivity or what's coming up in your upcoming event? Yes. So we are focusing really on helping folks increase their productivity, uh, with our upcoming event, which we're so excited to have you as a speaker, Alexa. Oh my goodness. Uh, (laughs) it's going to be a lot of fun. So, um, what's really great is we have about nine incredible speakers, women entrepreneurs, uh, like Alexa, um, coming in as well to, to really just share like what's working best in their business right now. So like, you know, 2020, uh, felt like a dumpster fire for a lot of people. So how can we, yes, you know, learn from that. And then what's working right now, how can we be more productive with our limited time? Um, so we're going to be learning from nine different speakers and what's working best for them. So Alexa will really be able to hone in on, you know, what's working best for her authors right now. We've got some other folks uh, with other solopreneurs or other small businesses, what's working best for, for them and their clients right now. And we're just kind of open, open sharing, like what's working right now to increase productivity, um, as well as also opening up some time for Q and a too. So one thing to hear another thing to actually ask your burning questions. Um, so really excited to be able to offer that to our audience as well for our upcoming event on Thursday, May 6th. And we will make sure that everybody has the link in the notes, but is there an easy, uh, web URL or place for people to find it? <clears throat> There is. Um, you can go to alexa.scaling2021.com. I love that. <laughs> alexa.scaling2021.com. So easy for me to remember. <laughs> no, I just, I think it's, um, I want to, I want to end this conversation basically the same place where we started it. And that is to, to remind 
everyone that the moment you decide to write a book, you have essentially decided I am a business owner because now you have a product that you are trying to sell. If you're indie publishing, of course, um, you don't have necessarily to worry about so many of these things if you're with a traditional publisher, but you are still running your own business. You're going to be making decisions about events that you go to, conferences that you go to. Um, you know, there's more, it's not, it's not even just about marketing efforts that we have to consider as businesses. It's, it's who we are. If we hire a team member to come in and help us, are they spending their time and money and, and their time and energy on the right things to help your business grow? So I really, really, I'm going to pass it back over to Lane one more time, just to kind of summarize why it's so important to, um, to really look at your business as a whole, and then we'll say goodbye. <laughs> Uh, such a such a great lead up to that, Alexa, because I do feel like one of the most valuable things you can do is look at your business end to end. Look at what's working for you marketing wise. Look at what's working for you from your costing perspective. Look at what's working for you from the financials at the end of the day. It really does tie all together from your front end to the back end from you know, that initial, you know, engagement with someone on Instagram to, you know, the time someone's buying a book on Amazon. Um, and so looking at your business holistically and being able to look at the numbers associated with that, I promise you will change your perspective on how you are running a business and will also make you just kind of step up and feel like, ah, yep, now I'm CEO of the business. I'm not just, you know, a creative that is here to get their message out, but I'm also running a successful business. And that comes from um, looking at your numbers, keeping it simple and um, making sure you're making those intelligent business decisions. I love it. Now, in addition to your um, upcoming event, you also help people get these numbers set up, right? And doing these things for them. So how, if somebody's like, after this, like, I have no interest in figuring this out by myself, how do I hire you to do it for me? How do they connect with you? Yes, I'd love to. Yes, we do love to help make numbers simple. Um, and so we do that for our one-on-one -on -one clients all the time. So you can visit us at our website, which is theprojectbooth.com and book a call to speak with us. I'd be happy to chat with you. Just put in the comments section that you heard uh, about us through Alexa's podcast. Wonderful. Thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. And as nerdy as it sounds, I actually super duper enjoy looking at numbers and metrics and seeing where my money's going because <laughs> sometimes we spend a lot of money on these launches <laughs> and I want to make sure that it's not just a waste, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I was just going to emphasize you are spending so much time and energy and money already on your business. Why not make sure that it's working for you? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Lane. I can't wait to see you at the event coming up on May... Thursday, May 6th. Thursday, May 6th. All right. Be there with us, y'all. All right. Thanks. Thank you for joining us on the Publisher Podcast. We hope to see you back for the next episode. Great, huge thanks goes to Jasmine Commerce for the use of her song. You can find Jasmine on SoundCloud. Go check out all of her music. We'll see you next time.